Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey everybody, hope you're doing well. I'm Jamie Eason. This is another episode of Previously on Game of Thrones, The Discussion. Wow, what an episode, eh? What an episode. The Long Night, episode three of season eight, uh, came out on Monday and safe to say it, it delivered. It delivered everything it, it meant to do. It was, it was a huge battle sequence. I think, you know, the, the, the biggest battle uh, of all television history. People complained, of course they did. Uh, people always complain. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna pick it apart a bit. You know, there were some bits that that left question marks uh, for me, and I'm sure for our, for our partners in crime on previously on. So without further ado, we're gonna go and chat to journalist Chris Mandel, who uh, does some excellent recaps both on Twitter and on the for the i newspaper, and also uh, Linda from Westeros.org. Don't forget, previously on's Game of Thrones uh, section is working in association with Sky Atlantic, and you can watch every episode in Game of Thrones season one to seven with Sky's ultimate on-demand TV pack. If you need to go back and check on a few things, uh, the final season is on Sky Atlantic right now. For more details, head over to Sky.com. Chris, Linda, how are you all? I'm good. I'm good. I'm still shell shocked. I'm still squinting from <laughs> the darkest. Oh, don't in you start! What about you, Linda? How are you doing? Uh, yeah, starting to recover from the from the late night, and uh, have had a lot of thoughts about the episode uh, during this week. Yeah, and I think that's that's one of the reasons why I quite like doing doing this kind of podcast so so much longer after the event. You know, I, how many I've watched it? I've watched it three times now. What about you, Linda? Have you have you gone back and, and redone it? haven't actually watched through the whole more than once haven't actually had time this week but i've watched uh, sections and gone over and and checked some details and so on okay what about you chris i've now seen it twice and my feelings have grown and changed and morphed quite a lot in the last few days let's 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 talk about the public's reaction to it first before we get into ours so you know this has not been an uncontroversial episode uh as as with kind of as with as with always the case with game of thrones is whenever an episode is built up i think probably with the exception of the possibly the red wedding uh or Battle of the Bastards, I suppose, is that inevitably there will be a fraction of the of the of the fan base that are complaining, and 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 I guess the Long Night is no exception. First of all, let's talk about the darkness. So, what what I fa- I did find it incredibly dark. I did find it incredibly t- difficult to watch, and I've got a I've got a you know a not unsubstantial television uh, as as you would imagine you know and it's and mine was in full HD and all the rest of it and I still struggled with the compression of the of the of the darkness. What about you, Chris? How, how was it for you? Well, I was watching on a, a TV, probably one of the smallest TVs uh, in the market at the moment. Um, 
I found it hard to watch it sometimes, but, you know, in, in hindsight and with a few days to think about it, I think the chaos and the confusion was intended. I think yeah. it was almost filmed a little bit like a sort of horror film in places, and I think that was the intention. Now, a lot of people have said, you know, if you are treating it like a movie in the production process, but you're putting it on televisions, there is going to be a problem. But I think really, for me, yeah, actually, it, it's... It's, I don't. I think we should stop talking about it because yeah. it is a. You know, obviously, it's a bit of a thing to joke about on Twitter. But when those tweets go viral and they get yeah. picked up by the news, it actually sort of incorrectly. Well, I felt really sorry for. I felt really sorry for the cinematographer and the, and the DOP who who ended up having to give a statement. It's like, yeah, it was meant to be dark. But that's kind of why I shot yeah. it like that. You know, and, and it's sort of this seems to be why Kit Harrington said pre season eight that he hates critics, or I think he said something a little bit ruder than that. Yeah, yeah. and I can see why when they. Do do this like 55 day shoot yeah, but it, with that, 750 extras and people go oh, i can't see it yeah i mean what did, what did you think Lindy? i mean it, i mean that, that i think chris hit the nail on the head there it was just, it was meant to be confusing you know people complaining about the dragon fight which we'll talk about in a bit anyway you know i didn't know which dragon was which it's like yeah that that was the point you were supposed to no, wonder- I, I absolutely think that some of the confusion was intentional i think that in the end that they overdid it. Uh, some of the choices have been made earlier, for example, to make the whites in some situations like super fast. Right. Which isn't really how they're supposed to behave if you know, going by book lore. Yeah. It makes these the fight just this sort of rush of people and these super fast cuts. I think it gets very difficult to follow anyone's story. Uh, So regardless of whether it is intentional or not, I think that there were some bad choices in in how they did it. I I fully buy that it came out more or less as they intended. But I think that with such a long episode, uh, it gives you... uh, doesn't really it gives you too little to sort of follow and hold on to through the episode that's fair i mean it's always going to be pretty subjective i guess let's forgetting the actual uh you know that kind of argument aside because there's no right or wrong answer let's let's talk about the events of of the episode which you know are undeniably in 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 terms of game of thrones incredible you know we are now at the point where the Night King is dead. And that is something that we have either been waiting for or dreading for a decade. Um, what was your reaction when you saw Arya jumping, uh, leaping towards the Night King, Chris? I was so not expecting it to go, to go that way. I mean, I the way they were setting it up, I actually did think Bran was going to get killed. That was going to be the big kicker of the episode, was that they failed. Seeing her come out of, of nowhere was incredible. Seeing her get caught was crazy because I thought she'd immediately get turned into a white walker just by being held by him. And then the drop dagger move, which we sort of saw her trying out last season. She tried it against Brienne. Yeah. And I love that. Also just the symbolism of her killing uh, the Night King with the dagger that was attempted to be used on brand in season one i loved it actually and i know there are people that are staying up all night talking about the logistics but i loved it i thought it was really smart i thought the way they kind of tweaked melisandre's words to her is actually not being about her time as a potential assassin but actually about her killing all the dead for good yeah i I thought it was clever and i actually was really into it yeah yeah Uh, what about you linda 
Oh, I'm going to have to be on the other side. And I absolutely hate it. <laughs> did you? Oh, okay. I, I, I did because it really felt so, obviously some, somewhat influenced by some of the comments that they've made afterwards saying that John had a bit done a bit too much and we wanted to give it to someone sort of unexpected. It didn't feel like it was earned for Arya's storyline with a lack of connection to the threat in the North. But most of all, I mean, I understand you kind of, they opted to have this one singular figure who was going to be sort of representative for for the threat uh, rather than just having the faceless army of, of the dead. So when you do that, you kind of set up a Dark Lord figure. And then at some point you're going to have to destroy this Dark Lord. Yeah. And it, this it's always going to be difficult to make it uh, not feel like, oh, that was too easy. Or So I think that is not necessarily my big problem, but I feel like there were so many other things built up around this. That are we talking about the unanswered? A, unan- are we talking about loose ends here? Are we talking about the, prim- well, the prince well, that we're was talking promised? more that what we're talking about yes, that there are prophecies, and it seemed like, for example, Bran. Yeah. Why is Bran this huge nemesis to the Night King if he can do absolutely nothing to but I, him? I thought that I thought that the that Bran's kind of I guess uh, reasoned entree was was as he as he said was because. Bran holds that I guess I guess he's the Wikipedia of humanity in in Game of Thrones, and that was what the Night King was looking to erase. That, yeah, that's what they put forward. But why does he have to go and destroy him now? Why not kill off everyone in the world and just leave Bran sitting there? Yeah. What What good is Wikipedia when no one can use it? <laughs> also, uh, I would also add like the thing that I found. What the reason I didn't think Bran was the target was that last uh, season six after they escaped the cave. The, the white workers were right there. They had loads of opportunities to just catch up with Bran, who was being pulled on a sledge by Mira. Yeah. I was like, there's no way he's yeah. a target because they've had so many opportunities to just, like, you know, cut his head off or whatever. Yeah. Okay. And, and I was also re- really bothered by the one line between Bran and Theon, where Bran says, I've got to go now. And he kind of <laughs> goes out. He sends his ravens out to check where the Night King is. And then he spends the rest of the episode pretty much in a trance. Yeah, I mean... I, I, but he's not able to do anything. Yeah. I've always speculated that he was going to take over, like, the undead dragon or do yeah. something. Or at the very least, why he should have maybe died in the confrontation. Arya mm. could have killed the Night King. But yeah. so... No, for me, it didn't really work at okay. all, and it's been working worse the more I think about it. <laughs> okay, I mean, I mean, one, th- I mean, my only, I guess, the defense that I would, I would play in there is that I've, I've, I've got faith in them. I've got faith in the makers, and I think where, where it seems to be heading is that everybody's dying once they've served their purpose. You know, we saw, we saw Melisandre. Uh, you know, she completed her kind of uh, pilgrimage or whatever you want to call it. Her, yeah. her kind of her. A kind of prophecy uh the same for jorah he'd finally protected daenerys as, as he as he wanted to i guess for theon as well redemption had, had, had come and he was able to to kind of die in his home protecting protecting the starks so i mean all i would my 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 guess or my my kind of wonder is brand story is clearly not finished yet or John's story is clearly not finished yet. So I, I'm just, I'm just, all I'm yeah. doing, I, I, I just think that's where the whole narrative is heading. They're looking to, to kind of complete the circle for, for all of the characters' journeys as best they can. There's a lot of talk online since the episode aired 
uh, about the moment that John stood up to what what initially I all I just thought he was screaming at the undead Viserion. Um, now there's and I've been back and watched it after reading on Reddit. There is there is a, quite a compelling argument that that John was shouting "Go go go." Uh, actually signalling to Arya that he distracted Viserion and that, that there was there was now a, a space for her to leg it through. Uh, what do you what do you think about that? Is that just is that just a bit of uh, a bit of wishful thinking? There's nothing in the subtitle at least people have found. Those who watched it with English uh, subtitles on, it just says John screams at dragon. Oh, you're coming at me with logic and reason. Yes, no. I'm afraid so. <laughs> he just thought it was a really good idea to roar back at a dragon. Fine. <laughs> There's, um, what I think is interesting, though, is just how much the show is expecting us to figure this out posthumously rather than have it. Like, they, they, they're choosing surprise and shock over sort of a little bit more narrative logic. And I think that's not always a, a great look when you're having to decode stuff. And, you know, it should be in the, the episode, right? Especially when you've got an episode that long. Yeah. Like, you don't have to rely on twists like that which as linda said sort of maybe aren't serving a grand purpose so i i'd love to believe that but i think really they just wanted aria doing that attack yeah. as, to be ninja. as a big twist yeah, yeah. okay yeah. fine somebody said that it was a little bit of a case of them constructing it a bit backwards they knew mm. the moments they wanted they knew the images that they wanted to see yeah and then they structured the action to that uh for example, I mean, I loved when I first watched the opening of Melisandre setting fire to the Dothraki swords. Yeah. And then they ride out against the army of the dead. Oh, that and for me was an incredibly... Go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was an amazing visual, but then you start thinking about... Why did they just send their cavalry to their death? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, they're in a siege and waiting for the energy to go. You know, tactically, Game of Thrones battles have always been absolutely shambolic. I think, you know, there's, yeah. been, there's been many kind of essays written on, you know, why were the uh, trebuchets kind of in front of the such and such or behind the yeah. such and such? And why are the archers not doing this? And, you know, I mean, we do have to take some artistic license with that, yeah. surely. I mean, but I, I, I'm happy to kind of, to kind of, of, uh, to give up a, a bit of a, a war reality for for that for that visual scene uh, because it just built up such an incredible uh, sense of dread. You know these were the, these were the Dothraki. They were they were impenetrable. They were terrifying, and they were immediately extinguished, literally. And I, I just found that such a fantastic way of of not only kind of getting us prepared for what was coming, but also uh, it was for, this, for a lot of the people involved in the battles, whether it's House of the Vale or whoever, most people, this was their first interaction with the, with the undead. Mm. So for them to see that, I thought, and the acting performances were really good as well in terms of people who were just like, oh my God. <laughs> no, the sense of dread that that built up yeah. was certainly, uh, and I mean, they had... Uh, if you look sort of visually and uh, what they managed to achieve there in particular, there's a shot of uh, like the dragons above the clouds. Yeah. Oh, that was that, beautiful. That was like, okay, beautiful. I need a wallpaper of that. Yeah. No, yeah, th- I that mean, was gorgeous. There were, there were lots of, of incredible shots. The flames reflecting in Melisandre's eyes. Uh, I mean, it, it just it, endless. You know, it was it was a beautifully crafted piece of television. Uh, storytelling obviously is is pretty divided. Let's talk about let's talk about the deaths because we all last week. Uh, obviously you weren't here Linda but but you know I think expectations were that very few I guess 
B and C listers, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make it through. You know, we we predicted that uh, Missande and Grey Worm were done for. We were question marking over Brienne. We, we you know we we pretty much thought Theon. Uh, we correctly guessed Theon, but mm. we all expected a lot more bloodshed, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we we kind of just thought there was a lot more at stake. I think especially because episode two just had this whole theme of everyone facing up to certain death. We went through all that, and then yeah. they all kind of went, "Oh, actually, we're all fine." Um, I think the the reason for it, though, and, and part of the reason I think this fight was so different tactically, I think we've got to remember there is probably going to be another battle. Episode five, I think, is already kind of been muted as a very different battle to the Long Night, but certainly yeah. as, as brutal. And and I guess actually, it's the and this is what I said. This is why I kind of correctly guessed that the Night King was gonna was gonna go in the last episode was because this is Game of Thrones. This is the battle for the throne. The undead was a byproduct of, or you know, it was a parallel story to the main storyline which is which mm. is the battle for the seven kingdoms well i mean if you look at the construction of the story sort of early on it's all about how the game of thrones is distracting people from the real threat so i don't know it feels like maybe it's a little too neat yeah. finishing it and then not having that to worry about as they go on to face uh cersei yeah, mm. I mean, it, it, but it brings it right back to, to to its origins, which again is is completing that circle, which at the beginning was the fight for the was the fight for the Seven Kingdoms, and, yeah. and I just think you know, I think I think the problem is a lot of viewers, and and I guess myself a little bit, it kind of feels as though, and, I, and I'd love to see how they're going to tackle it, but it feels as though anything after the Long Night is kind of a weird anticlimax. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Do, that, do you feel that, Chris? Do you think? Yeah. Well, I think I think it, it, it's it's strange the way they've done it um, because we've constantly been told that the Game of Thrones is irrelevant um, in relation to the threat yeah. north of the Wall. However, I think it really speaks to the fact that I don't think the show has ever been confident handling some of the more mystical um, aspects of of the the show. Right. And I think you know you've got to remember that we didn't. You know, season one was largely absent of any dragons anything supernatural you know we kind of got the the close of season one was the the birth of the dragons into the world again and magic you know the reason i think game of thrones sort of found its footing early on was because it was appealing to people that didn't love fantasy the show's obviously expanded and now it's having to sort of retract again and i think this very blunt um erosion of the supernatural stuff is partly so they can get back up you know the stuff that they know yeah work okay. but i just i feel like there's just never been a, a a confidence in them knowing how brand's powers work what the night king is effectively doing you know it, I, and i think because we've got to remember that when they started with season four when they started doing more stuff with the night king they still thought george R. R. martin was going to get the next book out relatively quickly yeah well the night so, king doesn't exist in the books does he anyway well, no, no, he doesn't right. yeah, it's, entirely. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. But you know, I think they kind of thought, "Oh, we're going to get a bit of a guiding rail here." Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think it's um, it's interesting the way they've done it. But I think they're much better at people. They're much better at personal conflict. Um, and I'm really intrigued to to see kind of what the rest of the season looks. like. I have no idea. Yeah, but this is next... and, and and to me, that's the best bit. It's like mm. it's like, oh my god, we all thought you know they they have kind of blindsided us a bit. It's kind of like, okay, yeah. we're only halfway through 
and, and no, it's really hard to predict. And it's, it's, uh, well, we'll we'll have sure. a, we'll have a good go at that in a minute. But um, but let's let's just give uh, let's just let's just uh, kind of bow our heads and 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 pay tribute to those that we lost. Uh, we did, yeah. you know, even though there weren't many that many that went, the ones that did go, I thought all had all had great deaths. I mean, Ed was a slightly throwaway one, but um, but you know, Theon, uh, Jorah, and Lyanna Stark, I thought all had their their true moment and uh and and we're all all died worthy worthy heroes you mean mormont lady mormont what did i say i'm always saying that yeah uh yeah liana mormont uh i thought was 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 one of the was one of the standout scenes that was a that was a bit of that was a bit of a bit of a present to the fans wasn't it it did feel maybe a little too much as a present to the fans perhaps we gotta take uh, something (laughs) you know it is you know that's part of tv yeah to some extent uh so uh but the theans um and uh, i really enjoyed if we can talk about it as such obviously they've talked about being very much inspired by boromir's death in lord of the rings and uh, it was down to the fact that when the night king has stabbed him and is walking past him he's not yet dead but he's like like, you're out of the picture i don't need to worry about you yeah yeah i thought you know and i thought um again alfie allen just proved himself to be uh one of the one of the best actors in in the series i, I loved his Absolutely. performance uh what do you think chris to to, to those guys all of the, uh, all of the fallen yeah yeah theon theon's death was great very fitting i kind of wondered last week i or maybe the week before i really questioned why the gray juries were still in the show i'm very surprised that his sisters outlived him she's played the game like a pro on her island but i thought his death was great it was very significant very poignant um really really enjoyed that i thought uh liana mormont's was great i thought it was so violent i was really sort of the bone crunching was was, yeah was was, yeah and it was and it just and she she, you know they do say that the people of bear island fight with the strengths of 10 mainlanders and she didn't let us down um, (laughs) she did for sure ed i thought you know i've been waiting for that for a while yeah (laughs) and um beric ed's been waiting for it for a while too i forgot about i I forgot about i forgot about beric Oh, silly Eric. me. Oh, goodness uh, gracious me. Great. Yeah, he was great. I, I really, really liked that it was him and the Hound and Arya, I thought, you know, because he kind of, him and Arya kind of fell out in season three. I thought having him there, having him kind of protect her a little yeah. bit, there was a lot, enough there. He's obviously not a huge character in the show, but there was enough there for it to feel quite weighty for me. Yeah, and he made every scene count, though. Uh, Richard, mm. Richard Dormer did it. I thought he was brilliant. I, oh, yeah. I, I thought it was quite fitting that I don't think anyone had fa- uh, last words. There was no... There was no tell them I love them or anything yeah. like that. You know, yeah. uh, I, I kind of half expected Jorah to kind of like, you know, make one last attempt. Yeah. <laughs> even, even just to oh, say they have that talk already, I think. Friend zone to the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I actually, mean, he sort of got it beforehand with Bran. I mean, he knew that it was the end with, yeah. and that was a nice way of doing it. Yes, exactly. And a bit of a hat tip to, to Amelia Clark, who, who doesn't always give... Uh, the, the most in-depth performances. I thought, actually, I, I felt that it was uh, Daenerys saying goodbye to Jorah, but it was also mm-hmm. Amelia saying goodbye to Ian Glenn in that scene. I, mm-hmm. I was quite, I was quite touched by that. I thought that was great. I thought that was a great way for him to go out. I thought it was fantastic, and I thought actually for the the episode, I thought it was great for Daenerys to lose so many facets of herself in the fight for this. You know, yeah. the Dothraki going, the Unsullied largely being called, yeah. her most trusted advisor, like all of these things that she's having to lose yeah. in order to get to her. I thought, so I thought it was really clever. And again, 
Jorah could have been killed off within the last few years. I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad he. Didn't. I'm glad he had his moment too. Now, yeah. uh, surprising one of one of the scenes that I wasn't expecting, and what I think one of my most enjoyable scenes out of the whole episode was uh, Tyrion and Sansa uh, mm. in the crypt, uh, having actually what offered me a, a whole new branch to to maybe what we what we've got to look forward to. All of a sudden. I I kind of got a spark of like, hang on a second, they're gonna they actually care for each other. They've realised that. They've realised that you know, Sansa said you were the, <laughs> you were the best of them. Um, possibly a, a Stark and a Stark and Lannister union somewhere down the line. What do we think to that, Linda? It certainly passed through my head. Are they actually going to? I mean, Queen Sansa has been sort of bandied about in some fan theories and such. So. Uh, uh, on the other hand, she did bring up the uh, issue with their divided loyalties, so to speak, or yeah. the fact that she's very fond of uh, Daenerys, whereas Tyrion is loyal to her. Yeah. So I wonder if the scene was more about reminding us about that problem okay. that surely will rear its head now that the threat of the uh, of the dead is done with, but it, it could be an opening. It, it I wouldn't rule it out entirely. What do you think, Chris? I think they'd be a great successor to a show where John and Danny go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, they'd be great. Um, I, th- I really liked it. I've I've kind of I've been hyping those two as a sort of I could see them you know coming together in the final season. I thought that scene was really nice. I, I actually felt like the characters that weren't fighting didn't actually have enough to do. Um, one of the episodes I loved was Blackwater because of the, the characters inside the castle were doing so much. So I, I yes. felt like there could be more with that, especially an episode of this size. But I thought that was a great moment. I didn't know whether they were going to like suicide pact each other when they got that knife out. And then I, I realized that they were just preparing themselves. Um, but I, I can see those two together. I can see them kind of even just helping heal the rift between John and Danny when yeah. they're, well, they're, know, both, they're, they're both politicians. They're both, they're both, mm. they're both clever. You know, Sansa, Sansa has kind of come into her own in this, in this series already, I think is actually, mm. is actually being interesting. <laughs> for, mm. for a start. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, uh, I think it's about time we, we looked forward to, uh, to, to, to Monday morning. Shall we have a listen to the, uh, to the trailer? Absolutely. We have won the Great War. Now we will win the last war. We'll rip her out root and stem. So, uh, episode four, we don't yet have a title for it. They've, uh, they're only releasing the names uh, after the uh, after the episodes have aired, I think. It's it? very sneaky. Which, is, which, is, which I quite like, actually. They're really holding everything back. But what we can glean from that, uh, first and foremost, is uh, welcome back, Cersei. You have... You, you, we've missed you, you know. <laughs> uh, what... What can we garner from this? We, you know, clearly there, there's the scenes of Winterfell kind of picking themselves up and dusting themselves off and mourning the dead. And obviously there's one hell of a funeral pyre uh, that needs to be lit. Um, one thing that we didn't really talk about um, 
about episode three, which I, I suspect will be play a large part of episode four, is the relationship between John and Daenerys now. Uh, they didn't seem to be, regardless of you know whatever moments they shared in episode three, the 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 love light seems to be thawing slightly, doesn't it, Chris? Yeah, it definitely does. There's definite sense of division um, between this sort of force of people that have come together. Um, it's hard to tell what's going on. I mean, obviously, we've seen Daenerys sort of saying it's time for the last war. I think what we're going to find, though, I think it's it's going to be a, a very much an analysis of everyone in that party disagreeing on how to go forward. I think it's going to be a knotty personal political episode where we're yeah. going to just see everybody who has survived has a different way of accomplishing this task i think that's what we're going to sort of see in this episode and uh, what about you linda yes i'm in the same sort of direction there that obviously i it sounds like daenerys wants to press on um, I mean, her focus has always been uh, the Iron Throne, and she said, you know, that you know she's up here uh, when she was talking to Sansa there, uh, that she's up here uh, talking to or helping John. So now she wants to go ahead. So I think yeah. that uh, she's going to want to rush. Uh, the North might have some wounds to lick. Yeah, uh, they might not be quite as keen on it, and we may very well see also some more preparations from the King's Landing side because word tends to travel pretty quickly in in Westeros. <laughs> so I think that they're going to find out that uh, you know what's left of yeah. the army maybe coming for them. But let's talk about so you know in that in that trailer the clip that we saw you know we're going to fight the, the the last war the big hurrah and the cheers and stuff like that. Daenerys has actually she's not got that much to bargain with anymore. You know she's yes she, yes there are still two dragons in the mix as far as we know. Now, we don't know what state the dragons are in. Um, True, but no Dothraki as far as we're aware. No unsullied or very few unsullied as far as we're aware. Um, She's lost, like you say, she's lost her right-hand man. She's got Varys still and, and, and Tyrion, but she's no longer this unstoppable force, you know, that yeah. that she was in episode two. So I'm wondering whether there's a bit of her kind of, uh, a bit of, a bit of bluster from her where she's kind of like, she's the meme, she's the dog in that fire, in that room that's on fire saying, this is fine. <laughs> Yeah, she's surrounded by Northerners. Like uh, no, we're all we're all going south, right, guys? And they're like, uh. yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. We'd love a vacation down <laughs> south right now. Uh, no, I mean, I think obviously she has to bet a lot on uh, getting the support of the Northerners via John. Yeah, and obviously we're seeing that that you know, even though they trust John, they don't necessarily trust her. So it could be a little dicey. Yeah. And uh, we saw, you know, they're obviously uh, the Targaryen kind of ships were set sail. So there's going to be a journey to, I suspect that that, that would be right at the end of, uh, of Ep 4, uh, mm. was, the, was, the, was the ship setting sail. This is the interesting point for me is, uh, you know, the Golden Company have obviously got all of their ships. There's Euron. This is where Yara, I think, is going gonna, is gonna to make a reappearance now because she's now become... The, the vital to their to their plan she's a warrior she's a great leader and she's also got a load of ships <laughs> yeah it what? seems like a good reason to have kept her around yeah certainly there's, there's got to be some point to who else, uh, so who else is there who you know tactically speaking who have the north got to take to take on cersei and the golden company which which are now who now have the upper hand if you take dragons out of the equation which i think 
we're almost certainly going to have to. We definitely have the Northerners that kind of John and Sansa rallied around for the Battle of the Bastards. We have the Knights of the Vale. Um, I guess there must be some unsullied. Um, it, it's, the numbers have certainly dwindled. I think one of the reasons for that battle, uh, the, the battle at Winterfell, was to just cut her down to size. Yeah. Um, and But we know that the Golden Company have 20,000 people. So I'm assuming they're going to have a little bit less than that, like maybe 10. Yeah. And and the dragons and it's like hey we're on the um we're on the back foot for the well, first it's classic, time. It's classic storytelling, isn't it, Linda? You know, the, 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 the people with the upper hand now, you know, who are full of confidence and, and, and whatnot, are now going into this battle as the, as the underdogs. It's Rocky Balboa. You know, it's the, it's, 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 it's the tale as old as time. Is that We have to champion the underdog. It would have been a, it would have been a crap ending to yes, Game of Thrones. No, no, it, it was clearly hero, yeah. a, a need here to reduce the size of Daenerys' army. I mean, there's no one else as a, outside of possibly Yara and her Ironborn, whoever have now rallied to her instead of Euron. Uh, there's really no one else that they can call in. So there are no other hidden forces. No, exactly. The umbers have gone. We know that. You know, it's it's pretty it's pretty thin on the ground. Um, yeah, they've got what they got. Chris, what other things did you pick out of the trailer? What what caught well, your eye? Apart from the fact that Cersei's been on Netaporter while we've been up north, <laughs> got herself a fancy new gown. I haven't seen that one before. Um, one thing I thought was just actually one of the things the show really needs to do, which I couldn't necessarily gauge from that episode, is but this might be the episode where Daenerys and Sansa start to patch things up because a lot of those northerners are loyal to Sansa. The Vale are kind of all in Sansa's employ. So I think that's what we'll see. I think we'll see those two finally. Well, they've been at odds a little bit, so I think we'll see that. Um, I thought the Ruth and Sam comment was quite interesting. Which uh, one, sorry? Them out. Uh, Daenerys says we will rip them out, Ruth and Stem, meaning the Lannisters. I mean, she has two of them in her entourage, so I don't know what she means by oh, that. I thought, also... Oh, I misheard that. I thought that was Cersei saying that. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. That's um, no, no, it's, it's Danny saying it about Cersei. Ah, I yeah. see. Wow. And, you know, what's interesting is that that's, I think that's what Arya said when she was killing the phrase, if I'm not mistaken. It was, it's a sort of, she wiped the house out, root and stem or something to that effect. Right. Um, and, and also, actually, what, uh, I don't remember if they used it on the show, but it is what Varys used to describe his castration ah. in the novels. Interesting. I think it's one of, yeah, it's one of George R. R. Martin's favourite phrases, I think. Yes. It is, a, it, is a, it is a great um, phrase. But it's hard to tell, isn't it? I think the show will be part sort of um, moving on from the battle. I think we might see some funeral scenes. Or I think the smartest thing to do, if you just think of the thousands of dead bodies, you know, literally give everyone a big cremation, right? Because yeah. the last thing we need is more crypts of Winterfell stuff. Yeah, going off I, think, where... I think we saw it, one of the, one of the official photos that, that Helen Sloan took of the, the set use that you said. I think we're, we're led to believe that John lights a huge funeral pyre yeah, at some point. Yeah, so. which will be in really like, I imagine that'll be quite a, a powerful moment. Yeah. Um, one thing I was gutted about, which, you know, I thought we'd see more of Arya's staff. That really... That, that yeah, there was, was a lot of build-up to that. I mean, it was great, wasn't it? But... Five minutes, yeah. Maybe she, she like literally dropped it, and it was like, oh god, I've got to... <laughs> I was expecting. No, I more. really thought that was going to be more. Uh, so, um, well, it looked intriguing, that... didn't it? Because it looked like it screwed off. We thought there were kind of secret bits to it, but maybe mm. it'll come back. Maybe that was it. It just had a d- detachable kind of dragon glass and also a steel one. Who knows? Yeah, and there was um, also there was someone kissing in the trailer, but I couldn't tell who it was. I presume that was Arya and Gendry. 
Right. I thought that's yeah. that's how I took it. That's how I was led to believe. Also, we haven't given a shout out to actually to something that quite annoyed me uh, about three before we before we move was the hound. Uh, mate, get the fuck over it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're scared of fire, but you're also, you know, you managed to overcome a lot of things. You know, yeah. I, I found I'm finding I found that quite frustrating. We've had so many episodes or, or situations now where the hound has been frozen stock still because he's seen someone light a match, and uh, you know, yeah. it's a bit of that which is like, mate, come on. So yeah, I know what you mean. I feel yeah. like they've just relied on that as a bit of a crutch to too often i thought yeah. they'd have him overcome it in opposition to blackwater where he ran away yeah because of the fire um so i was surprised but again again it's probably what he does next well it's probably leading to uh the, the fight with the mountain where the mountain's got a flaming something or other yeah i'm thinking yeah. that they maybe he'll have to you know walk through fire to get to his brother oh, or something yeah Ooh. interesting like uh so, I mean, Kit Harrington has said that the fourth episode is his favourite, which is which is quite interesting. I don't know whether that says more about Kit or whether it says more about the uh, the, um, the, the, yeah. the the type of show. But aftermath be. can be really interesting. So, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. He said it was. Uh, he described it as twisted and uh, a very Shakespearean in nature. So I'm very very intrigued to see how that plays oh, out. Yeah. yeah, I think we're going to get. Um, I think we're going to get treachery. I think we're going to get backstabbing. Mm-hmm. I think I think we're going to get uh, allegiance switch, switched allegiances. Uh, I think. Um, which which is one of my favourite parts of Game of Thrones, really. Uh, guys, as ever, thank you so much for giving up your time uh, to come on and uh, indulge uh, th- this wonderful <laughs> chat. I, I enjoy it so much. And uh, hopefully we'll be a bit clearer. I'm not sure, you know, I, I, I'm not sure there's going to be any monumental um, kind of things or deaths or, or situations, but you know what? You never bloody know, do you? <laughs> no, you That's really don't. That's what I thought about the Reigns of Castamere. I was watching it going, wow, this episode is boring. And then, <laughs> bang. Boom. Uh, yeah. Listen, Chris, thank you so much. Uh, you can catch thank up you. with Chris Mandel on uh, inewspaper.co.uk or .com. That is correct. Yeah, there let's go with that. inewspaper.co.uk <laughs> does some great recaps. And, of course, uh, Linda can be found at westeros.org alongside Elio, in which you know they know everything, don't you? I mean, just everything. <laughs> thank you can you, you can, I bet, can you i bet you have you got george you could text george right now couldn't you actually i don't text him but i could skype him or email him wow then there you go an answer whether or not <laughs> there you go there you go that's the power that linda has listen guys thank you so much and can we speak next week is that okay absolutely absolutely thank you guys take care thanks so much take care bye Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Previously On. It is so much appreciated. The podcast is growing and growing and growing, and we're really pleased that you're enjoying it as much as we are making it. Uh, if, you, if you've got a friend that you want to share this with and think they'd love to get involved just so you can get them G'd up and want to chat uh, amongst yourselves, then please, please, please share it with them. Tell them. Tell them about it. Tell them. Just search for Previously On in their favourite podcast app, and if you get a sec, just leave us a little five-star review. Uh, it does make a huge difference. Uh, the discussion will be back... Uh, at the same time next week where we'll be dissecting episode four and whatever uh, hbo have served us up on a plate uh, but the recap of that four will also come out earlier on that week i'm jamie east and previously on is a daft doris production Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.